The Sportsbeat KC franchise merges with the Kansas City Stars Facebook Live conglomerate to bring you today's episode. Actually, we're just doubling up on the duties on the sports podcast presented by The Star. I'm your host, Blair Kirkhoff, and it's Thursday, August 8th. Today was the final day of Chiefs training camp before the preseason opener on Saturday at Arrowhead Stadium. And Chiefs beat writer Brooke Pryor, columnist Sam Mellinger, and I sat down for a game planning session. We recorded it on Facebook Live, which happens at facebook.com slash redzoneextra. And when we're finished talking about the game, stay tuned for a podium moment from Patrick Mahomes as he was asked about the possibility of throwing a pass behind his back. And now we're back again. Uh, Sorry about the delay. Hopefully our internet will stay uh, connected. And sorry, everybody. We just, you know, a couple technical difficulties. But we are live from the campus of Missouri Western, uh, where the Chiefs just wrapped up, I believe, practice 11 of camp. Um, And they are, oh, let's see, their sixth day in pads. Uh, We've got a real ish football game happening tomorrow or Saturday. So that's exciting. Um, but a little bit of news to start off with the chiefs signed cornerback Mo Claiborne. I don't know, a couple hours ago, uh, two hours ago at this point. And Sam, you were in the middle of writing a column that the Chiefs should sign Mo Claiborne. So it seems like you think this was a good move. <laughs> I do. Um, for one reason above all others, he is a human who plays cornerback. The Chiefs need a lot of humans um, who can play cornerback. He uh, he's had kind of an interesting career. Um, he was a star. He won the Jim Thorpe Award. I'm yeah. pretty sure at mm-hmm. LSU. Uh, Cowboys traded um, traded up a second round pick and their first round pick to draft him sixth overall um, above Steph Gilmore among others. Luke Luke uh, Cook Keekly. Keekly. Yeah. Keekly uh, among or, or others. Keek Lukely. Yeah. I like. Man. <laughs> um, and, but his pro career just hasn't sort of taken yet. It's, um, he's been hindered by a couple injuries. He has not played. He was drafted. This is his um, – he's played seven pro Se- seasons. seasons right. mm-hmm. And he has not played 16 games in any of them. He will not play 16 games in 2019 either um, because he is suspended for the first four games. Um, so that's the bad part, right? But the good part is um, – He's got experience. Um, he still has a little bit of upside for a 29. I'm assuming he's about 29 year old, uh, 29 year old player. He he competes. He has a reputation for um, he can be grabby. Um, you know, I don't know if he's like Orlando Hansdrick of uh, <laughs> last year. Good one. But, um, is know, it? He, is it? <laughs> he can be a little bit grabby, but he's don't um, encourage that. They need bodies. Yeah, they and- just need bodies. Well, and they need more than just bodies. They need bodies that could actually contribute in a game. Because they did sign some, uh, I think it was Michael Hunter, a DB from Oklahoma State. And that, that's clearly just a preseason sure. signee. But signing Mo Claiborne, I mean, he put together two pretty solid seasons in New York, had three interceptions, played in 30 games between the two seasons. So, I mean, almost all that he could have played in. Um, and he had his first pick six last season. So it seems like he's trending in the right direction minus the suspension to start the season. But I think that's the reason that they got him at somewhat of a discount. Uh, my understanding is the base for his salary is $2 million. It's a one-year deal worth $2 million. Then minus the four-game suspension, minus the money he would get for that, that's about 500000 And then there's an additional $1.5 million in incentives. 
So that puts the total at right around three million in in that neighborhood, um, which I think is is about the money that you would want to spend to bring in a veteran corner, especially after losing Keith Reeser. Not that he was going to be the strongest guy in that group, but he was, I think, solid depth. And he goes down. It's clear that they already needed to make a move, and this just solidified the fact that they needed to do something. He, he was the best available on on the market. So, and it's a position of need, as you've said. But I, I've got. I go back to two years ago when this was a position of need then. You remember how many cornerbacks the Chiefs went through in that year, the Darrell Revis year and Amerson, and it just seemed like they could never get that position right opposite Marcus Peters. Do they find themselves in that position this year? It seems like for the, at least they start from a little bit more, a little stronger position than they did in, in 2017 when that just became a disaster position for them. I, I agree with that, um, and I, I the corners, I don't think, as a group, are necessarily better now than a year ago. I think they are better than two years ago, um, but I think they have a chance to be, to play better, if that makes sense, and, and I say that because I think that um, the safeties let down the corners so much last year. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it was ridiculous. They, they made the corners look way worse. Um, than they actually were. And I think Bob Sutton had a hand in that as well. Um, those two things were changed. You know, I know, I know where Juan Thornhill is on the depth chart, but he's making a lot of plays, and I think he's going to play a lot. Um, Tyron Matthew makes a huge difference in the secondary. So there, there's a better, you know, if you can use this term, just a better platform for the corners to perform. Um, so they're in a little bit. And, and that's why the, the Claiborne thing just seems so obvious to me. Because like you said, he, he's the best one on the market. And if you're the best one on the market, the Chiefs are a place to go because they need corners. It's a place where you're probably going to win. You, you you might make right. some playoff money, mm -hmm. you know, if, if you make it that far. Uh, and you you can make a real difference. It just made a lot of sense uh, for both sides. But you, you mentioned the, the Reezer injury. They needed another corner before he got hurt. Mm -hmm. So if if Claiborne is an upgrade, but just, you know, he's, he's a replacement for Reezer on that depth chart, they still need another one. Right. They need one so especially before. after they moved Tremont Smith. Yes. From that position yeah. to running back. And like and, and I feel like I feel like at this time of year, there's two kinds of players that you can get. Um there's, you know, sort of the the veteran, um, you know, who's been there and been through wars and, and all that stuff, but has had some issues and is available at this time of year for whatever and, reason. And could be have some age on him and some yeah. miles, like like Claiborne does. Yes, exactly. And then the other profile is um basically Charverius Ward from last mm -hmm. year. It's 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 a young guy with some talent that you liked out of the draft, but you couldn't get him for whatever reason. He's in a position group with some depth and buried and, and all that stuff. And you can match up maybe with a trade partner. Um and, and the Chiefs can you know trade from a position of strength, which would be defensive line and receiver mm -hmm. are the two that stick out. And maybe they can get something done like that before yeah. um you know uh the, the deadline seems to be about two minutes before the fourth preseason game <laughs> that is, <laughs> that's that is that's the, the cutoff yeah well there's that but there also could be other corners that come on the market that also face suspensions like claiborne sure. another two to four game suspension and they could end up you know have another veteran guy fall in their lap i think that that's definitely a possibility mm -hmm. too we, we had kind of an inkling of this, didn't we? Mm -hmm. You know, just that they, they were they were poised to make some. I kind mean, of move. Sam had enough to write a whole column before it happened. So. <laughs> the column improved. So shout out Brett Beach. It was a good timing. 
Yep. Did you just shoot him a text? Hey, by the way, I'm writing this. <laughs> yes. Could you just go ahead and sign it so that it's not completely wasted? Yeah. And credit me for the idea. Exactly. Um, but we saw it as a position of need versus, you know, I, I mentioned the other day, I thought uh, the, the trade was a possibility. Mm -hmm. And uh, from maybe taking one of their wide receivers, which they are where they are so deep, or even a defensive lineman where they've got some depth there as well. But they didn't do that. Uh, but that's how Ward got here. That's how Traverius Ward got here uh, last year via – was Patrick Anger? Was that Anger? Yeah. Anger? Parker Anger. Parker Anger. Yep. Thank you. Um, so, but the bottom line is, he's here. He's going to be here tomorrow, or he won't play in the game on Saturday. But I imagine we'll we'll see him at practice on uh, on 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 Monday. Exactly, and and it gives him a chance to work in with this Chiefs defense in the second, third, and fourth preseason games before he's in on the right. bench. Which, and then he's poised to come back for the Colts game Sunday Night Football. So that's going to be. A pretty big one, a pretty significant game, and that's going to be fun to see him finally get out there. Um, another position that I think is in interesting while we're talking about positions of need, let's look at the tight end position because that's a group. We've got the uh, got a good roster right over here. Um, do you guys think the, the second and third tight end are on the roster right now as it stands? Right, Because Travis Kelsey, obviously, tight end number one. Who? Where do you two put – or who do you two put in the second and third spots if, if they even keep three tight ends? Well, I, I've seen – I get a couple mixed signals with the tight ends. I, I, you know, Yelder, the, the first first depth chart came out Sunday night, and Dion Yelder, who's the only other tight end on the roster with experience with the Chiefs, was listed second. Uh, Blake Bell was third. But what our eyes are telling us in practice is Bell seems to be getting more of the second right. team reps, and we have the, the Dave Tobe kiss of approval – uh, for for special teams, uh, so I I think Blake Bell is um, is going to be on this team. But what I'm I guess the question I have is, do the Chiefs keep as many as three tight ends? Uh, and how does John Lovett fit into the possibility here? The the H back that Andy Reid might be able to have some fun with, you know, with uh, fullback, tight end, uh, doing all sorts of things with him. So I I think that's a position to keep your eye on Saturday. Um, obviously, Travis Kelsey will go out and play in the uh, with, with the starters in the first quarter. But after that, I'll be interested to see what the rotation is and how they're going to be used in in that game. As Andy told us today, uh, the game with four quarterbacks on the roster, each quarterback's going to get a, a quarter, mm -hmm. right? So Mahomes in the first quarter, Chad Henney in the second. Who who comes out with Chad Henney in the in the second quarter? Is it is it Yelder? Is it is it is it Blake? Yeah, the Belldozer. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, if you go by depth chart, it, it would be Yelder and then the Belldozer, but I think the Belldozer's outplayed Yelder right now, and I think Yelder still has some practice team eligibility. So is there a possibility that it becomes Travis Kelsey, Belldozer, and then you put both Lovett and Deion Yelder on the practice squad? Maybe. I don't know. I don't even know that you could keep Yelder around on the practice squad. I think another team – with a tight end, when, with a tight end need, would scoop him up. Um, it's funny watching the evolution, the progression of Andy Reid teams, where the tight end at one time was so important to what they did, and it's it's still obviously still is. Andy loves, but if he doesn't have exactly who he wants, can he keep a, an extra wide receiver? Can he keep um, Tremont Smith and use him, the speedy little guy, and use him in different ways and. I don't think you can pigeonhole Andy Reid into a style of, of offense or a you know, favorite <laughs> position because we've seen him use his running, you know, running backs in different ways, tight ends. You know, I have no doubt that Travis Kelsey will lead the team in receptions this year. That's happened each of the years Kelsey's been on the team. But 
I, I just maybe tight end two doesn't get 50 targets this year. Maybe it's just a whole different setup when, when it comes to the offense. And, and maybe they, they keep a you know, Marcus Kemp and a Byron Pringle and a, and a Gary Beter to go with the four wide receivers who we think are going to, you know, to be with the team. Or, and maybe they find room for Tremont Smith. So I don't know. I, I'm, Andy Reid thinks offense all the time and all <laughs> the time. And there will be there, there will be I, I, there will be a surprise member of that fifty three man roster, somebody we didn't see, and it's because Andy Reid has some you know some crazy idea about how to use them. Mm-hmm. So. I think. A couple things. First, are we in on just it's never Blake Bell? It's always the belldozer because I'm in. I'm, <laughs> Here, I'm, I'm on. I'm on board with that. This is my thing with with the belldozer, and I I love the nickname. You know, coming after covering OU, I'd heard that for a long time, but. There's a the Chiefs released one of their Mike Depp videos and it was of Eric Bieniemy and Bieniemy walks up to him and says, "Hey Blake, I heard a rumor the other day, Belldozer, right? Belldozer, like he had just heard the nickname for the first time. It's been like seven years since that started. It's I, been I, a minute. I, I knew him by Belldozer before I knew his name. I know. <laughs> oh, it's Blake Bell. Oh yeah, okay. oh, that's where it comes from. So." Uh, I think we could all get on board with Belldozer. Maybe we should make sure that EB is also on board. Uh, but it seemed like that rocked his world a little bit. The football coach as like just sort of incredibly out of touch is such a tired cliche. You know, like when Bill Belichick talks about like I can't get on InstaFace or whatever. Like, <laughs> you know, like they always do this. But sometimes it's really true. Like yeah. sometimes they are really <laughs> – I mean, just don't know about stuff. Yeah, especially in a, in a situation like the Mike Depp, like they don't know what's going to be cut yeah. and put in that video. Yeah. So that was yeah. that was Eric Bieniemy in his true form, <laughs> uh, not being aware of Belldozer. That's great. Uh, the second point about the tight ends. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most important one. I don't know what you could follow um, that up with. It's, it's just basically to underscore something you said about love it. That gives that you know some some positional flexibility where if, if he can be your three, he can also play in other places. And and I'm thinking maybe. Um, <laughs> Maybe this is a dumb idea because quality matters, not just quantity, but maybe you can keep an extra corner as well and just, like, get guys. Yeah, yeah no, th- that's right. Brooke and I have gone – we've talk, tried to talk about 53, right, projected 53, and I always look at it like, you know, that you know that you take the three special teams guys off the field. So you got 50 guys, right? You're, it's, it's usually 25 on offense and 25 on defense. But – you got to look at where the needs are too, and cornerback is a need. And I don't know. We can talk about the tight end. I just don't see it as a position of need necessarily. As long as you got Travis Kelsey and you got a second tight end who can do the things that this offense requires, and he's a Demetrius Harris special teams, mm-hmm. you know, Swiss Army knife sort of guy. That maybe you don't need to have three tight ends on this roster. You can have two, and and you can identify that position of need on the defensive side, which is the cornerback and bolster that uh, and have that rotation and give your new defensive coordinator and your, your new defensive staff more, more personnel to work yep. with, So, I, which is a long way of saying I don't know which way they're going to go. I have no idea which, <laughs> which way they're going to go. Which is a long way of go. saying stay tuned until September. And which makes, also makes the, you know, we, we talk about how, how this offense, it's kind of an automatic pilot. I mean, it's, it's Patrick Mahomes. It's, it's a solid group of running backs, wide receivers, Travis Kelsey, we can we know what to expect from them. In fact, I'd be surprised if they don't march down the field the first time they have the ball and stick in the end zone Saturday night. But the defense is just going to be fascinating to watch. That's you know that to me is how you know how coordinated is this defense? You know how how in step are they? I, I don't expect much really from the first 
first game from this new from a new defensive staff and up to five or six new starters on defense. I, I think I think Cincinnati's first team offense could go down the field and score pretty easily too. I just think that that's the side of the ball that that will continue to need help. It's been addressed in the offseason. It'll continue to need help as the season progresses. They did something today. You know, mm-hmm. they added to that defense and it'll it'll continue to be a work in progress to the point where I, I th- you think by early, maybe to mid-season, it's where it should be. And uh, who knows what the Chiefs' record will be by then. But I think by er- early to mid-season, it'll be running the way it, you'd hope to run. Anybody who expects it to be running, you know, seamlessly from the get-go, I, I think is mistaken. Yeah, well, I mean, even Tyron Matthews said it could take four games for us to get this all figured out. And he wasn't – I don't think he was counting the preseason games. I think that's starting, like – Week one against the Jaguars, that's kind of when the clock starts of, all right, when will you get this figured out? Um, Sam, who are you looking most forward to watching on the defensive side of the ball in a real game? Well, yeah. real-ish game. Right, real-ish. I think that's important. <laughs> um, For one quarter. I mean, it, you know, it. I can answer it a few different ways. Um, Frank Clark and Tyron Matthew are just head and shoulders above everybody. I mean, th- th- those are just critical guys at critical positions. Um, I don't know. It seems like Frank Clark doesn't know more than one way to play. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah, yeah. It, it's to hard. Frank Clark, it's a real game. Yes. It's, it's hard to see him like going into preseason mode or whatever. So if, if, if he plays like this mean SOB that, that we've seen. Um, RIP Andy know, Dalton. Yeah. That, that could be, that could be really interesting. And, and also like, um, cause I'm thinking about, in these preseason games, you don't scheme really at all. There's no game planning. No. Right. And, but that means that somebody like Frank Clark, who is that talented and strong and plays that hard, could shine a little bit more. It means that someone like Tyron Matthew, um, again, there's different levels of effort that different guys are going to give, but he's an instinctual player. Like mm-hmm. He's kind of a natural like playmaking guy. That could come through. Um, and I'd be interested in those guys anyway. Um, here's the part that is probably – uh, you know, something that maybe is more important the week before the Jacksonville game. But I'm interested in Anthony Hitchens and, and you know, mm. when, when and if, you know, when Reggie Ragland gets out there. You know, they, they got exposed really badly last year. And I think that that was mostly scheme, that they were asked to think they were on their heels too much. It was just it, – it, it didn't fit, especially with Hitchens – the strengths. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know that that'll shine through on Saturday in a preseason game when nobody's game planning. Right. That is something that I'm interested in, you know, going forward. And, and um, another thing to me, I think that that cornerback group that we've talked a lot about um, can swing pretty drastically based on the play of Charvarius Ward. And I think Charvarius is, is a really good player. And even in the Seattle game, I was impressed mm-hmm. with the positions that he was in. Sometimes he just got beat by a Hall of Fame quarterback. Um, but if if he is, I think he's worked. I know he's worked really hard this off season, and I think that one of the things that maybe was holding him back is just a simple confidence. I mean, he's got a different background than a lot of guys, and I think that if he feels a hundred percent in his heart that he belongs on that field. Like he's an NFL cornerback that can cover NFL receivers. I think he could take another jump. And I say that knowing we all know, right? Like the, the, the performance of young corners is really volatile year to year. Mm -hmm. So you never know, but I'm, 
somewhat optimistic about his call. Yeah, but it's it's also keep in mind that one of the reasons you, you get a Frank Clark is to help cornerbacks. Yes, that's a good point. And yep. um and one one of the um uh, defense we've we've seen a lot of sub packages and practices over the last couple of weeks and one of the more interesting ones had four defensive ends playing you know, yeah. in, in front to you know ostensibly get to the quarterback in a big way in a fast way and nothing better for a, a cornerback than than that now having said that did the chiefs lead or second the nfl in sacks last year yeah they were pretty I, close I they yeah and didn't that didn't seem to help the position no, um, I did not. uh but i don't know with, with um uh so it's it's you, you still have to get it right, mm-hmm. and and with signing Morris Claiborne, they, they took a step, I think, in that direction. I think so. I think one guy that I'm really looking forward to seeing on Saturday is Juan Thornhill on the yeah. defensive side because we've seen him out here. He's intercepted Mahomes. He's been just a step or two behind Tyreek Hill, which honestly, being that at least just being that close uh, when Hill makes a catch, being able to to tackle him right afterward. That's a win in my book for a rookie. Um, and as Steve Spagnuolo said yesterday, I mean, if he can keep up with 15, then that bodes well for how he'll stack up against the rest of the league. Yeah. Um, we, but we've talked um, – when we're talking first-year players, rookies, and, and free agents, I think he's been the best here. Mm-hmm. McCole Hardman's improved from the from the mm-hmm. start, and but but I think Juan Thornhill has been the best. And Gil Brandt was here today, the, the super mm-hmm. scout who was just – inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and he was asking a lot of questions about Thornhill and really impressed with him and uh, was impressed with him as a prospect and thought the Chiefs made a great you know, great draft pick to get to get Thornhill. So that's another one of those when you talk about position battles. Right now in the depth chart, uh, Sorensen is starting at that position, and you, you absolutely have to make rookies earn their starting spot. I think that'll happen. Well, and he was taking reps with the first team today, and that in, in just a two-safety set. He has been the third safety when they've done a three safety set, and he's been the free safety back there. But today, there were times when Sorensen wasn't on the field and Thornhill was on the field beside Matthew. So I think that that's, I mean, like you said, Spagnolo said he doesn't like to start rookies, but it wouldn't shock me to see him. I've seen Tyreek Hill run past every defensive back here except for him. Mm-hmm. When when Thornhill is ends up on, on Tyreek Hill, you basically have to overthrow Tyreek Hill right. and hopefully he runs under it. Because Thornhill has that kind of speed, and we saw that play. Was it Sunday or Saturday? Right, whatever. Chased down it was. McColl. McColl. That was as impressive. That's my that's my image of training camp. Is mm-hmm. that play is how Thornhill ran down McColl Hardman, who had, had made a great move to elude mm-hmm. a tackler and was looked like he was going down the sideline for a score. And, and Thornhill had a little bit of an angle, but mm-hmm. caught him. And he's just he's that impressive. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, let's look at the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Sam, who are you excited to see offensively on Saturday? Ah, the quarterback. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> just, just put it out there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so we can go ahead and pencil you down. <laughs> Sam will write a column on the quarterback. Uh, look for that in your paper on Sunday. Let it be known, though. I looked this up. Uh, so Mahomes started preseason game one last year, obviously, as the starting quarterback. They went punt punt on those two possessions on the in the preseason opener. Was that Atlanta? No, it was, no, uh, no, it was, it was here. It was here against the, yeah the Texans. The next week okay. in Atlanta was the one where he threw the ball ninety yards. <laughs> and we were all like, oh, this is uh, this this seems like there might be something here. And we had, we were sitting in the end zone press box, and for a moment, I thought the ball was coming into the press <laughs> box. <laughs> I mean, so it takes a different angle. It might have. <laughs> Those poor Atlanta defensive backs just given up on the play. There's Tyreek Hill 80 yards down the field. But, no, in that first game against Houston last year, they went 
I don't I think they picked up a first down on each of those possessions, but went punt punt, and all of a sudden. I'm thinking, you know, we got a little quarterback controversy. <laughs> Chad Henning, step right up. Yeah. Position is yours for the taking. And then in that Atlanta game, too, was that when um, their first possession, maybe in that game, Sammy Watkins did something in the end zone. I can't remember if he dropped a pass or ran out. Of, like, Didn't Mahomes um, threw an interception that was intended for Watkins, right? In that, yeah. I think in the Atlanta like, game. Yeah, like, we, got, we yes. got problems. This <laughs> offense is not going to be that good, guys. <laughs> it's going to be terrible. And yet <laughs> – they rebound. <laughs> well, Mahomes, um, his passer rating in the preseason, and you figure how many possessions did he end up with, maybe five, six, whatever it was, was 103.5. In the regular season, it was 113 point whatever. It's you know, a bit of an team record. Yeah. So I don't know what that says about what the Chiefs were trying to do in the preseason last year. Andy Reid says they always keep it basic, and that's true of every team, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess that proves that basic doesn't work for Patrick Mahomes. Right. <laughs> Do you think we'll see a behind-the-back throw? He said today it has to be late in the game and they're up by a lot. But can that change if it's first-quarter preseason game? <laughs> that, that Maybe. Would be a look. That would be a look from the coach. Um, I, I like to win. Uh, somebody – I, I, I want to give credit for the question, but now I can't remember who asked it. But they asked, um, Pat, like, you know, in the preseason, do you try more stuff? Oh, yeah. And he was like – I try a lot of stuff. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Regular honest. season, preseason. He's good at the stuff trying. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's really good at that. Uh, but he'll he'll be fun um, for sure. It was two years ago. Um, he, we were at Cincinnati for a preseason game, and he had that incredible <laughs> scramble and yeah. it was just. He's he's had his moments in the preseason. That throw um, down the sidelines that we talked yes, about. Yes, yeah, down the sideline um, to uh, the tight end who's not here anymore. Right. I, there's so such many. A good throw. Oh, uh, God. Yeah, yeah, and he'll do some stuff. He'll do some he'll, stuff. Yeah, he'll yeah. try some stuff and he'll do some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to see McCole Hardman out there um, because we've he we've seen him in flashes throughout this training game. Like we were just talking about, he's gotten a lot better. He's you know, the, he has fewer drops. He looks like he's running the routes better, has a better connection with Mahomes. But I think it's going to be so important to see him go against another defense and see how he actually stacks up because he is a smaller receiver. He is still very unpolished, very rough around the edges. But I'm excited to see him in the offense, but even more so on special teams because I think that they want him to be to kind of take over those punt return duties from Tyreek Hill, you know, lessen the chance that Tyreek Hill gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Make McCall Hardman the primary punt returner, but you can't do that if you can't catch the ball. Right, and and he and he has had he's been better at that mm-hmm. uh, as as training camp has progressed. So I, special teams is important. Uh, you talk about w- the the games are kind of scripted in terms mm-hmm. of who plays, but it's not so much on special teams. I mean the same kickers and and I think that um, if you really want to look at look for something on in Saturday night's game, look at who the gunners are. On, on the on the coverage teams, you know, who are the outside speed guys, and if they are sort of borderline candidates for the team, that means those are guys that Dave Tobe likes. Um, the, the kick returner, the guy taking kick returns today for the first uh, on the first team was Tremont Smith, mm-hmm. who was terrific at that last year. So, you know, we we wonder about his position, you know, whether he's going to make the team or not. He, he is back there with the starting the starting kick return. Did they want McCole Hardman to be that person at some point? Maybe. I, I, I don't know. So um, Blake Bell is the one that, that we, we mentioned to him. We talked about him. Dave Tobe loves him. So that's why I think I, I lean toward him being 
on the 53. But yeah, th those are, it's important to kind of keep your eye on special teams and see who's making plays and see who, you know, Tobe is putting his arm around when he comes to the <laughs> sideline because he had the key block, that sort of thing. And, right. And then when you're, when you're trying to project your 53 after that fourth preseason game, you can't, you got to take that into consideration. Mm -hmm. Well, and Robert here mentions, wouldn't Tremont Smith be the primary kick returner, punt returner? There's no reason for him to be on the roster if not. I think that's a good point. They don't need him to be a running back. I think if he's going to make this team, he has to carve out a role on special teams and, and one that's indispensable. And right now, I think he is the primary kick returner, but does should he also take over punt return duties to really justify his spot or is being a kick returner enough? I, I would have him do both, um, you know, at least until you feel comfortable with Hardman. But not necessarily justify the spot, but just sort of, I don't know what, what the right term is, but he's not the primary. He would not be the primary punt returner. He would be the primary punt returner until the playoffs when Tyreek Hill is the primary punt <laughs> yeah, returner. Right. Because, like, you know, he is way more valuable than, you know, you, you want to put him back there in danger of somebody just taking a free shot at him, mm -hmm. you know. But in the playoffs, you can use him. And I think it's sort of a placeholder. And Tremont Smith, with his athleticism and, and, and quickness and speed, is a hell of a placeholder. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, he can do some damage himself. And then, you know, you let your real guy do it in, 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 the, in the postseason. Mm -hmm. And they're set at running back with Carlos Hyde, yeah. both Williams, and Darwin Thompson. Yep. Uh, Darwin Thompson right. is Tremont Smith, only he's – Darwin Thompson's the drafted version right. of that, the one they have more investment uh, – you know, drafted more recently mm -hmm. than, than uh, Tremont Smith. So we'll see. And then he's another player. You always pick, try to pick up some clues from what coaches uh, say at the podium – and every time Eric Bieniemy's asked about Darwin Thompson, he just loves that little guy. Uh, <laughs> Again, really, what what do we call him? He's rocked not up. rocked up. up. He's yeah. the rocked Body up builder. guy. Yeah, bodybuilder. That's yeah. Um, So he, I think he's a guy that's going to be given every chance to to make this team, and it may be at the expense ultimately of Tremont Smith. Right. No, I agree completely. And Brian brings up a good point. Where did it go? He's brought up quite a few, and it's pushed it down. Uh, Byron, Byron Pringle is a pretty good punt returner. While we're looking at guys that could be fringe roster makers, uh, do we think Byron Pringle ends up making this team? Well, he is a return, he, he is a return guy, and that, that helps his mm -hmm. case a lot. Um, and, gosh, we've mentioned this before, he, he, he's a favorite of the coaches, not yeah. just for his talent, but just his perseverance to – you know, he got a bad break last year. He was on his way – was he on his way to making the team or, you know, being – he was on his way to stay, staying with the Chiefs yeah. right? Um, when he suffered the injury that kept that kept him out. And I think there's a respect level that the Chiefs have for that. So – and he's a, he's a local favorite too. Not that that matters, not that that really enters into the conversation, but uh, it would be – it's a good story for us and, right. and for people in Kansas City area if he does make the – if he makes the team. Um but he's in that he's in that group, right? We talk about the four: Hill, Watkins, uh, D, uh, D. Rob, Demarcus Robinson, and McCole Hardman. The four wide receivers that are locks. And then you've got that group of Marcus Kemp and Byron Pringle and Gary Dieter. Um, I would put Cody Thompson in that group mm -hmm. as well. And they're going to keep two of those guys. Right. I, I think. I think Dieter has practice squad time remaining. I think so. I think and you have to wonder how much of a disadvantage. Is he at? Because he hasn't practiced at all since the That's first right. day. He's had back spasms. Exactly. So that that, that puts him behind the, in the competition. Um, 
so I, I don't know which way they're going to go. I, I just don't know. They've got money, mm -hmm. money invested in, in Cody Thompson, gave mm -hmm. him a nice uh, deal. Um, and and, and he, Marcus Kemp has played really well in camp. He's really it's been well. hard to ignore him the yep. last couple of days. Not that we're purposely trying to ignore any one mm -hmm. player, but he's a guy that isn't high up on your priority of, of players to watch on the field. But, I mean, I think every day for the last five practices maybe, he's made some kind of one-handed grab, contested catch, a catch like a juggling catch looked like a Madden glitch. Like he's doing yeah. things that you know when you think of Marcus Kemp, you think of him primarily as a special teams guy, and it's like, oh yeah, he is pretty good on offense too. And yes, yeah, special teams. You were going to say that he he was he's the guy who downs punts. Mm -hmm. He's Dustin Colquitt's big friend because he's <laughs> he's the guy that gets down there when when Colquitt punts inside the twenty and it doesn't go out of bounds. It's usually because Marcus Kemp gets down there to down it. So take that into consideration as well. I don't know if I've been jaded by receiver groups with the Chiefs in years past. <laughs> Could very well have been, but honestly. Um, Marcus Kent can play in this league. He can be a receiver that gets targets for a lot of teams. You know, it's 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 just a statement to, you know, the kind of depth that they have at that position. And that's not to go back to it, but that's part of why it makes sense to make a trade. Because if it if it takes Demarcus Robinson right. to do something and you've got Marcus Kemp who you right. believe in, it, it just, you know, it softens that blow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's keep going on the who will make the roster questions. Uh, Cole wants to know if Carlos Hyde will make the roster. Oh yeah, I, 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 think, so? I think so. He's he's been splitting the first team reps with uh, with Daryl Williams and, and Damian Williams' absence. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I think so. But then I thought C.J. Spiller was going to make the roster. Right. Remember. That's right. Um, and didn't, and Spiller was looking fantastic up here. So and Carlos Hyde hasn't necessarily looked fantastic up here. He's looked serviceable. He's not a dynamic back in the way that there have been up here recently. But but he does something that Andy Reid loves, and he he's got good hands, mm -hmm. and he, he he's uh, he led the 49ers in receiving one year, and um, that's just something that has great appeal to Andy mm -hmm. Reid. If if you're if you can catch the ball out of the backfield, then Andy, Andy will give you a shot. Mm -hmm. uh, Brian asked, "What about Jamal Custis? He doesn't see Andy cutting him." Well, I don't see Custis making this roster. He has not done anything exciting. No, I, I mean, maybe practice squad because you've already invested a hundred thousand in this guy, but he's not looked like a receiver, undrafted free agent worthy of that kind of money. I agree with that. Hasn't flashed like that's mm -hmm. just my favorite word up here, by the way. Flashed. flashed yes, yeah, that's like, the, like, that, that feels like a theme this year. Like Cody Thompson has. Yes, Cody Thompson has flashed. Um, you know, one thing that I thought was interesting today, while we're kind of talking about special teams and ways different guys can make the roster. We talked to Justin Colquitt, and I thought it was interesting what he said about how for everybody else, the preseason game is, is essentially practice. For the specialists, it's you're not doing anything less or doing anything different just because it's the preseason, the way you kick, the way you punt, the way you hold. That doesn't change, and they play all four quarters. Blair, what did you think about what Justin Colquitt said about that? Well, I think it's, it's neat it, because he also said you're either right or you're wrong. Right. There's no learning curve with special teams. You know, there's no – they don't break down the film. I'm sure they break down film for you, but it just seems like it's different in the special teams room. You either made the play or you didn't make the play, <laughs> and your employment in the NFL is based on the answer to that question, did you make the play or not. So that's why I, that's why I said I, um, don't – don't ignore the special teams play in these preseason games. A lot of um, a lot of decisions will be and have been made on the ability of, of players who, um, especially young players, uh, to perform on special teams. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny. We we um, 
you know, we kind of ridic not ridiculed, but kind of made fun of Demetrius Harris over the years. And, um, you know, and he did have a 53% completion rate when it should be like at 70. He, he dropped the ball a lot as well. But he was a great special teams player. And Dave Tobe spent the first two minutes of his one press availability here talking about how much, how important Demetrius Harris was mm -hmm. to the Chiefs. Um, and, and nobody laughed because he no, it was, Dave <laughs> it was not a joke. No, and Dave Tobe was like, you listen to Dave. Um, so that's that's important for someone like Blake Bell. Uh, if he's who's taken Demetrius Harris's mm -hmm. spots on the special teams, you've got to. Um, that's important, mm -hmm. and uh, and pay attention to it on Saturday. Well, also there's another punter here, which is I think pretty interesting. Uh, I don't I think Colquitt's spot is secure, but Jack Fox's here. I wonder if he could be a special or a, a practice squad candidate. Would they try to keep a punter around? I don't know. He had a good line when, uh, when Andy, Andy, um, <laughs> he, he was asked seriously, well, what, how do you, you know, do you help, do you help the guy? Because everybody, every position says, yeah, yeah, we're helping right, right. everybody, right? And Dustin just said, nope. <laughs> <laughs> he was half kidding. He said, I'm half kidding, yeah. but I but get where also, he's coming from. Right? I totally. know exactly where he's coming from. Totally. You don't want to help the guy take your job. Right, right. That's, that's, They're not going to keep two punters on the active roster. Uh, no, no. But I, I do think that's why he's here. And. But it, I don't think it's been a great camp for Fox. He hasn't kicked his way into the hearts and minds of fans here. Dustin Colquitt is still the guy. He's still the one who, who, who booms kicks and, and strategically places kicks. He's a 50, He's going to be a 15-year veteran this year. Mm -hmm. uh, there, I don't think there's. There's. I don't see a scenario where Fox makes the team and um, and, and Colquitt doesn't. Unlike what? How many years ago was it they brought Cairo Santos in to replace? Uh, uh, was it suck up? I forgot what the what the competition was yeah, there. But yeah, I mean it's it's weird because in some ways, I, I think Colquitt is terrific um, with with length and with accuracy. Um, but in some ways, having a three or three point five or whatever he is million dollar punter on this team is weird. You know, mm -hmm. on, it is. With right, it's sure. a little bit like like the 08 or 09 Royals or whatever when they had Joaquin Choi, like this bright closer in the <laughs> yeah. back end. So you don't really need that guy, <laughs> you, <don't>. <laughs> you know? No. Um, but he but, did say, like, for, you save 40 of the 57 wins. That's yeah. right, that's right. <laughs> but I, I, I guess my point is, like, um, in a different scenario, maybe that would matter. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think that this matters. Like, Dustin Colquitt is not a good guy in that locker room. He is an amazing guy. Yeah, he is room. the guy, and that that matters. Mm -hmm. um, and they're not under, they're they're not in the situation that they have been in years past, where they need every single dime of cap space. Right, mm -hmm. now they've right. got, you know, they did, you know, Claiborne. If if somebody else comes available and it requires three four million dollars, they can do that. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't need to cut Colquitt for that. I also want to like have. It, it, was I just slow on noticing this? Like Colquitt wore the hat with the. the he, you know, he did last year, and we've seen it earlier in camp yeah. as well. How, how cool is that? I love that I idea. That last year it was the bucket thing. hat, and okay. I really I, that was like the first yeah. thing I noticed. I thought that was really cool. Uh, for her, he, he came to uh, came to the the lectern podium, whatever, um, with a white Chiefs hat, mm -hmm. autographed, and a bunch of like kids handwriting, yeah. and it was yeah. like. You know, Kylie, you know, like anyway, like the full names. And it was just, it was just a really cool thing. Mm -hmm. You know, he's over there and he says, you know, if somebody wants a picture, that's cool, but you got to sign my hat. You know, yeah, just yeah. to kind so, of flip so the thing kids around. Kids are a signing bit. autographs for Dustin Cole. Yeah, yeah. Bring them into the I experience. thought it was really it's, neat. Yeah, a I'm, genius idea. I liked what he said about that's how you make a Chiefs fan for life. It's like, hey, yes. remember that time that Dustin Cole would ask me to sign his hat? Yeah, totally. It's hundred percent. Future true. front office personnel, man. Oh, one hundred percent. He better be. Whatever he wants to do in football after this. Yes. Is...
Yep. If he just wants to just do interviews every day, that would also yeah, we'll, be fine we'll, with we'll me. Take I'll take that. it. Yeah, he's, he's great. <laughs> um, and someone also asked, by the way, how many quarterbacks does this team keep? Let's just change gears a little bit. That was a little bit of a jolt. They, they've position, kept but... as many as they've, – they've, they've never kept four. Have they, they've kept three. They've kept two. I, I don't see any reason to keep more than two. I just don't. And one, one practice squad guy? Yeah, you know, and a yeah. practice squad guy. Which yeah. guy are you keeping on well, the practice squad? So, something well, we, something we learned today, which is interesting, mm -hmm. they're going to break up the game by quarters, right? Each quarterback gets a quarter. Shermer's getting the third quarter, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. and uh, and Chase Linton the Yeah, the yeah what does that say? Does that say that Shermer's pulled ahead of Linton? I, I don't – I guess. I guess. Does I, it say that Andy Reid's just good friends with Pat Shermer? <laughs> it could or, say that as well. <laughs> Pat Shermer's going to be free to watch the third quarter, and he has something to do during the fourth quarter. I don't know what that says. I think Chase, from from the third team reps that I've like taken careful notes and paid attention to, seems like Chase Linton looks better than Kyle Shermer out there. I but think so too. Yeah. I don't. It's not a good sign for Chase Linton. Mm -hmm. At least he got the Gucci bathrobe yeah. from Travis Kelsey last year. Yeah. But we're also. <laughs> Like when you talk about the backups, it just reminds me of the the, the Bill Polian line. Have you heard this when he was the GM with the Colts? And somebody's like, Peyton Manning takes every practice set, like every single one. Like you don't give any to the backup. Like what's you know if if he goes down, you need that guy to be ready. And, and Polian looked at him and said, "Son, if eighteen goes down, we're effed, and we don't practice being effed." <laughs> so there's some of that. That's fair. That's uh. That makes sense. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> well, let's see. Anything else you guys want to cover to preview? Blair, you you were writing a five questions that will be answered. Are yeah. there any more questions that we haven't answered on your Well, I, the one uh, we, we covered most of them, actually, in our conversation. But the one I want to know is, and we actually touched on a little bit, is the enthusiasm. The crowds up here have been un unbelievable. Best I've ever seen. Yeah, by far. Will that, will that translate into turnstile count on Saturday night? They had 58,000 announced for their preseason opener last year um will we you know is it a matter of are people here just to get autographs are they here for the convenience of the you know mm -hmm. of the access to the players and which you don't which you wouldn't get at arrowhead i'll be or will the fans respond in a way look we we're, we're a team we this is a team we think can be in the super bowl let's watch them every opportunity we can and in these preseason games especially the, the the, the third one, but for this one as well, because you're going to see Mahomes mm -hmm. playing both of them at Arrowhead, um, you can get cheap tickets. You can get mm -hmm. tickets for less than 20 bucks on the on the secondary mm -hmm. markets for this. So go do it, you know, because once the regular season starts, I think that's going to be more difficult. It is going to be expensive. Mm -hmm. I've already looked for some family, mem family members coming into town. You guys are going to have to go to a bar and watch it because uh, yeah. you're not, you're not going to go to Arrowhead for that game. The, the crowds have been incredible. The one thing, like um, the autograph thing, there was 6,500, they said yesterday, which would have been a record crowd for that venue here in St. Joe, if not for like five other crowds this year. <laughs> right. broken that. And, and, and that was, nobody can think of any reason other than Patrick Mahomes being scheduled for autographs that mm -hmm. that, that, that happened. There was a torrential downpour. Right. Mm -hmm. And the, there and was then, the threat of rain and they still came. Right. The yeah. threat of rain. Yes. They, they drove through that to get here. And, and, and then today, beautiful day. Mm -hmm. um, and, and there was less than half of that. So Linebackers are scheduled Anthony Hitchens and Reggie Ragland, not a poll, apparently. Right, but it also increased your chances of getting Mahomes' autograph if you would come today. Yeah. If you finished my column the other day. <laughs> That's right, I read that. If you, if, I read you read that. If, if you read Sam's columns, you'll get Patrick Mahomes' autographs, is what we're saying. Guaranteed. Yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure. Ooh. 
Well, uh, I think on that note, we should probably wrap things up. We've got to file the rest of our stories. Uh, Sam on why signing Mo Claiborne was the right idea. Blair on his five, five questions. To watch and to do an intro and outro for the Sports BKC podcast. There you go. Which will this will be on there? It will be. This will be the podcast. This is a pretty extended version. Usually those podcasts are only like what thirty minutes. Between thirty, yeah, yeah, oh, thirty five. Wow, how about that? We Bonus get, content. Get, absolutely. There yeah, you quality go. Quality stuff. Quality stuff. Obviously, uh, we will be back uh, Saturday after the game. It's a night kickoff, right? It is, so stay up after the preseason game. We'll be back from Arrowhead then. Um, so. Until after the preseason game, I'm Brooke Pryor. That's Sam Mellinger. <laughs> and that's Blair Kirkhoff. And that is it from us from St. Joe. We've seen the behind the back as you're warming up. Is that a possibility that <laughs> and there would be a scenario in the game where you potentially could use that? Uh, we'd have to be winning by a lot and have to be late in the game. So I'm going to probably try to, try to not do that one until uh, uh, we're winning by a lot maybe and I'm messing around. But uh, it's something that I'd rather not try in the game.